the narrower the market that you serve within, the easier it is to kind of read what they do and what they what they want. Um, and that just totally depends, right, on the type of product you're selling. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we are dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm your host, Annette Grant. And we believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you are struggling to scaling your sales, Electric Guy is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electricguy.io slash connect to learn more. And let's get on with the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I am Chase Clymer, your host. And today, we welcome Jason Blummer, the CEO of two creative financial consultancies. Uh, they are helping a lot of agencies uh, out there kind of grow their businesses the right way, make sure that they're making the right decisions. He's also got a lot of thought leadership coming in, uh, kind of like the scaling, uh, hiring, uh, you know, more of the the brass tacks of of building a business that applies to everyone. Um, you know, is there anything there that I left out that you think is pretty crucial? No, that's that's awesome. Thanks, Chase, for having me on the show. Yeah, a lot of entrepreneurial boot camp uh, programs we lead and run, and then some you know on site consulting we do with agencies as well. So you you got it right. Awesome. So I I already have some questions right off the rip in in the pre show. We were talking a bit about where he was located, and he mentioned something that struck a chord with me as a remote agency owner. Yeah. Uh, and I want to talk about the you know modern day business and being able to build a remote business. Um, what would you think are the things people need to keep in mind if that's the route they want to go with their their e-commerce business or the business that they're building? Uh, and you know what are kind of some of the hurdles or maybe even just mental stuff you need to get over with with building an an agency or or an e-commerce business kind of in that distributed remote model? Yeah. Yeah. So we've learned a lot. So our, our firm's been around since 97 and I've been leading it since 2003. And there was a time when we, we were a brick and mortar business and then did migrate into a virtual uh, business. And we, we learned our, we learned a lot. Basically, a lot of the team we hire that are remote, we don't meet them and we don't meet our clients. And of course, you know, a lot of a lot of e-commerce business owners certainly don't meet their their in uh, in purchasers, I guess. Um, so I guess, uh, one thing that we've really struggled with and learned a lot is when we bring a team member on is really to be clear about the culture they're stepping into kind of what, you know, how they need to step into a culture, our core values and, you know, support our mission. And then we stay close to them through the process. So we make sure we have a pretty solid training program to bring them in and teach them how we do things. Uh, because we found remote team members, uh, they they can do a few things. They're in their home, so they can become distracted. That's a huge thing. We have to uh, upfront prep them to not be distracted in their home, uh, and they disappear a lot of times, so they don't show up. And we have an online chat system where it's basically our office, and they need to be showing up there, basically to the office, or they're disappearing. Uh, and then a lot of times they go off and just do their own thing. So they become this island under themselves. They don't feel a part of a bigger, uh, a bigger firm, you know, that we're running. And so we have to constantly pull our team close to each other. Uh, in remote teams, we find they, they typically just are always drifting away from the center of the purpose of the firm. And uh, like weekly rhythms of team meetings always pull them back in reminding them that they are part of a bigger thing beyond themselves. So those have been huge and just managing and continuing to do those things really creates a lot of health in, in our culture. 
Awesome. And I, I feel like the number one question someone would have that just heard that you talked about an online chat system. Yeah. So what are what are some of the tools that you have implemented to help manage this remote team? Obviously, chat. Yeah, uh, you know, some, some of the basic ones, we're, we're always on Zoom. You know, we're always on Zoom, always showing cameras, uh, requiring cameras, uh, go to meeting. We'll do that sometimes. Uh, yeah, some type of online chat system. Uh, virtual teams really need to move their communication away from email and they need to move it into uh, a system, an asynchronous system, like a chat system. Uh, and asynchronous is, uh, is those are things you got to train a team, right? If they're in an office, uh, a lot of times you can get uh, immediate answers from people that you need things from. But uh, virtual is asynchronous, which is really confusing at first. It means you post something, you go work on something, you wait somebody when they have it fit into their schedule and time, they post back to you the answer. And so that's how you live and work in a, in that world. And a lot of people that come into a virtual uh, environment from a brick and mortar type office really struggle with that. If you don't prep them up front for uh, the waiting that's inherent built into this asynchronous communication. So you have to have uh, platforms that do that. And then chat platforms help make it more immediate. So we do text some with our team, not often, but um, you know, if we're hopping on meetings or we're running late, we do have uh, the ability to chat quickly uh, through a text or something like that. So those are just those communication platforms are really huge in virtual companies. Uh, I can agree. We use uh, for in-house communication, we use Basecamp, uh, and then for uh, kind of the more direct messaging, we use Slack as kind of like our in- instant messaging platform. And then uh, obviously, Zoom is my favorite thing. It's what we're using now. Yep. Yeah, Zoom Zoom is Zoom is awesome, way better than a lot of a lot of products out there. Uh nothing, you know, nothing works perfectly like you want it to, but that's okay. You know, these are the be- best things we have so far, so. All right. So let's let's kind of pivot a little bit more into uh just kind of how you would approach a, a new client. Uh let's say that this is a new client, they're a startup and they've found a little bit of traction now. They're starting to get that traction, they're getting those initial sales. You know, it's a product business, they're selling physical products, it's an e-commerce brand. Yeah. Um and they're starting to, you know, onboard their first couple of team members, you know, from your experience, what are probably going to be some of the biggest hurdles to make that, you know, growth stage, yeah, that first part of it to kind of get that going, the mindset shifts, obviously shifting from not being able to do everything yourself is probably the first one, but yeah. You know, what are what are some of these challenges that they're going to they're going to they're going to get once they do hit that first initial success and then starting to grow from there what are they going to what are their challenges going to be yeah so there's there's so many things uh there there's a lot of things that make businesses really scalable and when you're when you're smaller you can do a lot of things on your own right and so you don't realize but as an owner you're running a lot of things out of your head because you can so you're you're following you know some kind of rote, rote processes in your mind you're doing something or you've just trained some kind of operational person administrative operational person to you know, to kind of check orders, push them out, you know, however you do that, people start to run things in their head. And that's actually not a scalable model. So people get thrown off when they hit a certain level of team members or a certain uh, speed of ordering or some kind of, you know, complexity of a team. And they find out that you really have to have those things documented. Um, and so documenting processes early on, even if it's, it's not really granular, but if you start to really just write down things that you do on a regular basis, uh, you're going to become more of a scalable business. 
And when you do that, your value increases uh, substantially and your clients just over the time, you know, uh, they'll feel it, you know, through their reviews and, and things that they post to your store or whatever. Um, they're going to feel a lot of, a lot of value if, if your responses are quick. Uh, and if you find people that are scaling and moving quickly uh, and they're responding to customers or they're shipping quickly or they're responding to, re- you know, returns and things like that, it's probably because they have documented processes somewhere. Um, so documenting processes to pull things out of the head of the owner is one super key to helping you scale. And I'd probably say another one, um, and there's, you know, there's so many, but another one is really role clarity is when you hire somebody, especially early on, you are hiring somebody typically that's doing a lot of different things, right? The owners does everything. And probably that first few hires, they're going to do everything too. And you may even be sitting beside each other doing everything, uh, just speaking out loud. Um, so there's a lot of things you're doing, but uh, team members as you grow can become unclear about their role because as you grow, roles become more narrow. That's kind of what roles become in scaling companies. Uh, they narrow down, they become deeper in the thing that they do, like quality control or something like that, um, or shipping. Uh, or, you know, the technology portion of the e-commerce, these kind of things start to become more narrow roles. And people who are in broader roles that have been narrowed over time, you have to clarify that you no longer do these things. That's been packaged up into a new role that we needed to scale properly. And so when we find especially virtual companies that are not super clear, typically with a job title, a job description, and some training around that role, uh, team members just kind of have to make that stuff up themselves. And so they really start spinning off and doing, you know, dumb crap a lot of times. And it really starts to hurt, you know, the responses from your your customers and things like that. So those two things, processes, getting things out of your head and role clarity as you grow, especially at a certain speed when you really start growing, uh, you really have to manage that those things that allow for scaling. So those are a couple keys, I think. Oh, absolutely! I can agree so much just from being a small business owner. Yeah, uh, you're 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 talking to myself as a service business, and you're talking to our audience as as an e-commerce you know brand. Yeah, so I love I love it. So I do have one tip, something that we've gotten pretty good at. Um, you know, Andy, my project manager, would yell at me about this because he likes lists. But you know, if you don't <laughs> have time to make a well thought out list, an easy way to get something out of your head and uh, onto paper per se is you can make a live video of yourself doing it. And I, I use Loom so much. That's L O O M. Uh, it's one click on your on your uh, computer's browser, and it will start making a live recording of what you're doing on your screen. So you can walk through your process right then and there, mm. and you know share it with your assistant or your designer or your developer to you know be like, this is what I need done. Here's exactly how the process would be. Uh, it, it's a pretty efficient way of getting it out there. But you know. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's perfect. And we've heard people use Loom. We don't use that, but we, we do record. And a lot of times when our team is working with our clients in meetings, they always, you know, by definition, they have to record those and then document all notes and processes around that, um, you know, around that call. So when I'm on a call with about five team members, we were just yesterday and I know that three or four people are taking notes. And so, That's another key to scaling is capturing information and people really struggle with that. And uh, what we find is when we're consulting with businesses that are scaling quickly, there's a lot of talking that happens. You know, if you're in a room with a team, you, you talk to them, you talk out loud. 
And a lot of those conversations just kind of disappear into the ethosphere, you know? Um, and so a lot of times we find our clients, they'll have, the, they'll, they'll talk through the same conversation multiple times. And so we teach them to capture and capturing is really capturing and documenting. And even we have to teach note taking. So that's, but what's always happening is we are documenting and pushing into just, you know, our, just the tribal knowledge of our company into our chat system, uh, in the right rooms and tagging. We're always pushing data in there. Uh, instead of speaking all the time, we're, we're capturing those things. So that's big. And our project manager do, is uh, in charge of the capture. They're in charge of the process building, the teaching, the training, the capture. And so there's always a way anybody can go find out what we're doing. So if we hire, you know, pretty quickly and the business starts growing fast, that capture always ensures that somebody's going to be able to know what to do. Um, and even some of these things like role clarity and process building and capture, what it, what it really benefits you is when you start hiring other leadership. So if you get to, you know, teams of eight to 10, uh, you, that typically those are levels, probably, probably even less than that five to eight, that's when you're going to find an owner can't really lead that many people on their own. So they start leveraging the help of other team members. And those are going to be like leadership or management positions. And if you've captured and defined processes and you're clear, then the managers can step in and actually know how this company works without you, um, you know, beating it over the head of your team members. Um, so those are just some benefits. It helps you later when you scale and start hiring people to lead it, like in proxy of your leadership. And that that's even harder how to, how to you know, install a leadership team. But those things, you know, done earlier help you help you lead later. There's a lot of great information there, and my mind's spinning. So yeah. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, awesome. So uh, let's 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 pivot a little bit though. Let's kind of get back into uh, you know the types of businesses that our our audience here at Honest E-commerce runs, and it's a lot of product businesses. You know, they're selling a physical good online, direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. And there was a note here that you made, uh, you know, pre-show, and you were talking a bit about um, where some of these product-based companies get into trouble, and uh, you know, how do you offset that potential trouble? Yeah, so um, I think in any scaling business, uh, typically you're going to be uh, making an investment, uh, and an investment is another word for that is risk. So. Uh, an investment is always, you know, typically an upfront expenditure of time or cash in hopes of some future thing happening. And so that's risky, right? Anytime you're betting on the future, uh, there's a risk. I mean, when you hire a new person in a new role, that's a risk because you're hoping that role produces some different level of value that's going to allow you to, I don't know, sell a different level of package or, or good or product or something like that. So, um, but there's when you're when you're making investments into the future, you have to really be careful. Now you can't grow and scale without taking risks and investments, so you have to do it. So that's kind of that is how you grow a business is is making investments and taking risks. But you can do that wrong. Uh, you can really over you know overbuy product. Uh, it can it can sit too long before you're turning that product. Uh, those those kind of investments eat up a lot of cash. Um, you know, if you're, if you're storing that product, that's eating up cash. Um, and so the thing about investments is they really take money, uh, you know, an investment in the future, a risk, you're typically spending some kind of cash and, you know, there's a couple ways to do that, right. Is to, uh, have money somewhere, uh, either you saved it 
or you're getting a loan uh, or, you know, friends and family loans you money, you have cash or your business has revenue that supports the investment, uh, which means uh, basically you're turning so much revenue and actually profit. You're turning profit so much that it pays for the investment that you can make it. So you've got to churn so much cash to pay for that investment. Um, and you, so it, you just have to know when you're ready to make the risk, uh, what the payoff of the risk is. And just to be careful not to bite off too heavy of a risk uh, than you can afford in terms of how much cash you either have in the bank or how much cash and profit your business is kicking off per month. That's just a key. Support for our podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your e-commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms. So setup is quick and easy. Simpler's network of on-demand US-based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. No hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free 7-day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I slash honest. Yeah, I see a lot of e-commerce businesses getting in trouble here. Specifically with... um, Buying product when you're phys- when you're buying a physical product and it's sitting on the shelf, that's just mm-hmm. it's not cash anymore. It's almost just an investment in yourself. But yeah. if it's not moving and it's sitting there, you don't have access. That's not liquid. Yeah. So I know that sometimes creates issues with uh, you know not doing proper forecasting on what's going to be selling. Um, also, not believing in yourself enough and buying enough of the good when the when the demand is there. You know, there's two sides of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you could, you know, you could, you can invest too high and then you have inventory just sitting there. That's not producing cash because I mean, that's the goal, right? You want to, you want to buy enough product or create enough product so that it's producing and kicking off certain levels of profit uh, for you. But yeah, if you don't believe in yourself enough, uh, then you, you can't meet demand and then people are unhappy with you. So those are, those are really, really hard things to do. And, and I guess knowing how much, you know, inventory to buy up front. Those are the things you, those are some metrics you really need to stay on top of. And that, but that's reading a market, right? And that's pretty hard. So I, what we found is the narrower the market that you serve within some kind of niche, the narrower the market that you serve within, the easier it is to kind of read what they do and what they, what they want. Um, And that just totally depends, right? On the type of product you're selling. Um, So uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe a lot of product-based businesses want to go a little broader to a to a broader market. It's just harder to read those markets. You don't know. Okay, are they ready to purchase this lifestyle product or whatever? Uh, but knowing that market is, I guess, would be key to knowing how to spend your cash on the investment of the product that you think they'll buy. Um, I don't know, Chase. How do you do that? That's <laughs> that's got to be a hard guess to make about what a market's going to purchase or not. Oh, absolutely. I think. Uh... It's easier to market a single product and figure out that product market fit, in my opinion, at least. Um, but then once you get there, you've got those initial sales. Say you're making another, uh, you've, you've got a breakthrough in like a protein bar business, or you know, a special flavors, or it's got some certain edge to it. Um, I think 
I would scale up the sales of that single product as much as I could, mm. figuring out the marketing there. Uh, you know, economies of scale, you buy a lot more of that product. Nice. Um, and then I would also uh I would get a little bit into paid marketing at that point. So now you've got your your Google ads and your Facebook ads going. Uh, see. Doing those the right way. Uh I it's as an agency owner, I tell everyone out there when they're buying paid media, you get what you paid for. Yeah. So make, make sure you understand the risk versus reward, the value that they're going to do for you, uh, and what the processes they are going to have in place for those paid media buys. Uh, you know, Because that can get haywire really fast. That paid media is super expensive. So that can be a money hole. Yeah. Especially if you don't know what you're looking for, what the outcome of that paid media is. Yeah. Yeah, so that so a targeted market is is really key to know it pretty deeply, so you can target that market with that paid media pretty well. But I like what you said. Yeah, just a single product that you you've got some experience and you've you know you've got some traction with is a lot better to scale up. But and when you do that and it's you know turning off some cash pretty good, then you can start playing around with different products that you just don't know if that same market will also want. So you you kind of sounds like you go into that slow. Oh yeah, I mean, so say we're using the same protein bar analogy, and you it's cooking and it's it's there, and the writing's on the wall, the traction's there. You're like, this works. Now you want to start playing around with adding another product. Mm-hmm. I would make sure it's close to that product. So it'd be you know instead of a protein bar, now we're gonna get into a protein powder or you know something else that's in that in that space. Yeah. So the you know you can just use common sense. You know the the audience you've already won should like this uh, and you can test those out. Yeah. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. But you know what? It's easier said than done. That's the scary thing about <laughs> uh, about e-commerce and building a brand. And that's why I started this podcast. And it's why the podcast is named how it is. Is honest, Honestly, it's hard. It is. And you know, it, it just takes hard work. And uh, there are overnight successes, but you don't hear about how long they worked on it before you heard about it, which is often never overnight. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you read about somebody being super successful and you're, yeah, but it took, it takes a lot of hard work to build, to build a successful business that can scale and grow and really provide a value to a customer base that wants it over and over. That's a key. Oh, absolutely. So during that journey, that scaling journey, getting up there and e commerce, you know, it's oftentimes, they're hiring hiring consultancies. Uh, they're hiring agencies, and I know that you work closely with agencies, and you see them all over the place. Do you have any advice for our listeners when they're hiring a consultancy or hiring an agency to help them solve for something? And then, more specific question is when is it when is it the right time for me to hire a consultancy and an agency? Um, you know, percentage of budget should I have that to play with? You know, just what are what are some of those things I should keep in mind as I'm starting to expand that you know fractional team uh, to help solve for things as I'm growing so fast? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I think a lot of that's there's a there's not tons of metrics around the percentage of spend on consultants uh, and things like that. That's going to be a lot of gut driven stuff. But I would but I would say typically um, you need to kind of. You just need the grit to get those first sales and do that on your own for a while. Those consultants can be pretty expensive, especially the ones that actually have a lot of knowledge that are going to take your business to a new level. Um, you got to have some cash. You got to have a proof of concept. You got to know there are products I have that move pretty regularly, and I've been doing this a while. 
Um, so you'd want a consultant that's probably going to uh, break a gross ceiling. That's typically, that's always true in scaling businesses. You're going to hit a gross ceiling at some point. And the reason you hit those is because what, what got you here won't get you there. And that concept basically means the, the team you have, the processes, however loose they are, or whatever product you have has gotten you to a certain level. A lot of people in a scaling business will hit a ceiling where it, no matter how hard they work, they'll double down on their work. They'll, they'll just, you know, market more. They can't, they can't seem to break a ceiling. And it's typically because there's some new level of knowledge that they don't have about a new level of business because businesses are different at different size complexities, different size speeds of product turn, uh, different sizes of teams. These are all different models. So one business model, you know, with five team members and, you know, two products uh, is just not the same as you, you know, you needing 10 team members where you're, you're putting out 30 products. It's just complete different complex businesses. So they're not the same. And so if you're moving from one to the other, a lot of times you'll hit a gross ceiling and it's because uh, the owner may not have the knowledge to kind of move to one business model. So a consultant is something, basically you're buying back the future with a consultant. You're paying somebody money that knows some things in the future you're not going to have to go through. So they teach and train you about some scaling methodologies that kind of that kind of change. You can implement them right now. You just have to, you probably don't need to spend, con, you don't need to buy consultants uh, based upon a debt or anything. Probably your business needs to be able to pay for a consultant. Uh, it could be even an accountant, uh, could be, you know, growth consultant, which is what we do for our agency uh, clients. And you need to have the cash to kind of pay for that. But uh, it, you know, it could be hit or miss. You could, you could purchase money with a wrong consultant. So I think you'd need to vet a consultant pretty hard to, you know, to, to find out what kind of proof do they have of being able to do it for other businesses and what value you're going to be able to get out of that. So I would, yeah, I would say be careful. There's not a certain level of spend, but you want to save up some cash probably and spend that consulting money. Uh, from from something your business can already pay for, like don't do it with debt or something like that. I would say. I, I think that's fantastic advice. I also think that going into debt over paid advertising is also extremely risky. Definitely. Um, I would say you should be able to afford that with profit, or at least yep. it be ran into the numbers and it makes sense. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I guess that that means you got to be at a certain level of. You know, you already know your market product fit at that point, you know. Um, and it, and another another way to invest is that uh, owners don't take, you know, increases in pay. Uh, and that that's normal too. Uh, so people, you know, they, they keep a tight budget for three or four years uh, personally so that they don't take a lot of money out of the business. Uh, they don't buy a bunch of toys and things like that, nice cars. They actually stay pretty lean and they invest that cash back in new new people, some new roles. Uh, you know, playing around with some paid marketing, using that cash for for some of those things, playing around with uh, multiple products, you know, starting to test those. Um, you just you just got to make sure you have a business that is turning some level of cash before you start really taking those risks. Absolutely. I, I can't agree more there, especially just uh, it's that's the hard truth. You can't expect someone else to make your business profitable mm. if you can't make your business profitable because there's probably an underlying issue. That's right. Which is yeah. product market fit. Yeah. You can't sell you know, you can't sell snow to an Eskimo. 
That's right. <laughs> right. So you have to know you have to know something, right? You have to have some level of ability to sell a product, you know, it, and before you start spending money on scaling. Scaling happens after you've figured out something. I mean, you got to figure out some of it on your own. And that just takes a lot of hard work and a lot of hours sometimes. Oh, absolutely. It 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 is a lot of hard work and it's but it's fun. You know what? If I wouldn't still be doing this, uh, you know, the entrepreneur side of me is I've been doing it for way too long now. Uh this would be if I thought about it, this would be my fourth or fifth business. So it's very it's very you know, once you yeah, once you like working for yourself and and the joy that comes out of figuring it out, it's a lot of fun. That's right. There's no going back after you're your own boss, huh? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, awesome. Well, uh, you shared a lot of amazing things with our audience today. Is is there anything that you want to uh, you think that they would like to know before we go here? Uh, no, if they want, you know, if they want to follow us, we uh, we put out a lot of just you know quick strategic videos online. People can watch. Just word of the day is what we call them. Word of the day, where we'll pick a word and we'll talk about just uh, you know what that word means in the strategy of building a business, and they can find it at Blummer CPAs. Dot com. Uh, that's our site. And go to the blog and, you know, just watch some videos of things we put out. So um, I hope that helps everybody. I think we should also plug the original reason why we met, which was your podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the Businessology Show. Yeah. So biz, that's, that's businessology.biz is where you'll find our podcast. We've been around for about six years. And yeah, we uh, interview agency owners um, on growth too. So it's like yours, Chase. It's a chat show where we just talk about the ups and downs of growth. And what's cool, Chase, is you get to be on our show soon. So we'll we'll be promoting and sharing <laughs> our shows with each other. Yeah. And so this just goes to talk about how, you know, strategic outreach and you can make friends out there in the world and you can help each other out. That's right. Yeah. So I hope hope we can help some of your listeners, you know, run their businesses better. And then you'll be able to help our listeners run their business better. And we're just sharing information and it helps us all run our businesses better. So it's really cool. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Hey, no worries. Thank you for coming. Sure. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing the truth. Links and more will be available in the show notes. If you found any actionable advice in this podcast that you'd like to apply to your business, please reach out at electriceye.io slash connect. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice.